can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey folks, welcome back to Mondays Down Under on the Talking Pools podcast. Uh, my name's Peter from Western Australia, along with Shane from New Zealand. G'day Shane, how are you? Hi Peter, I'm pretty good, thank you. And yourself? Living the dream, as always, you know it. <laughs> that just comes out now. And today we are joined by the lovely Kelly. G'day Kelly, how Everyone. are you? I'm pretty good, you know, it's a Saturday, it's not raining now. I worked this morning right before it started raining so just relaxing hmm well it's sunday morning here and um yeah i'm have a day of paperwork but tomorrow's a public holiday so uh oh okay so that's a good thing i should probably know what the public holiday is or what it's for but uh all i see is on the schedule that day is no bookings (laughs) no bookings at all don't even answer the phone on a public holiday okay I had to get two separate phone numbers on one phone uh, because I got tired of customers calling on like holidays or weekends when is the off hours or how about 11 o'clock at night expecting me to answer. And when I didn't started blowing up my text messages. So I was finally was just like, forget this. A few weeks ago, we had Australia Day, uh, our national day and uh, 26th of January. And about 8.30 that night, on a public holiday, a guy who, a customer I haven't heard of for, heard from for over a year, sent me a message about his pool light, then sent me another and another and another. Within five minutes, he sent six messages, the last of which was, please respond. <laughs> so I, I just sent back, I'll be happy for you to call me tomorrow during business hours. Because you don't have a life. No, apparently not. Uh, I was uh, having a beer by the barbecue at that time. So, uh, as you do. Uh, Christmas Day was another one. 9.30 in the morning, my phone rings. Out of habit, I just picked it up. Just yeah. didn't think. My wife looked at me. I, Shane, you have a wife. You know that look your wife gives you when you stuff up majorly? Yeah, that's the look I got. And um, it was a guy, oh, yeah, my... Uh, Bearing in mind it's middle of summer here. Um, he said, uh, oh, yeah, my pool's uh, looking a bit green. I've got people coming over this, Arvo. Can you just come and sort that out? I said, man, that's really not going to happen. That's just not happening today. Uh, and I also missed a call at 10 past 11 on Christmas Day night. Oh, my God. It was God. from a really difficult tenant. I, I do jobs for the property manager. Uh, this tenant's a pain in the ass at the best of times. He didn't leave a message. I made the decision to assume that's a butt dial. Um, you know, accidentally dialed it. 
didn't even bother calling back. I thought that's just friggin' rude. You know what I do is if I answer, I throw out like the highest number possible that would make it worth my family being pissed off at me. And, you know, if you want to pay it, I'll come, but it's not going to be cheap. You Mm. know, you're having me come out on Christmas. Like I'm, I'm raising my price at least five times the normal rate. Like, does that happen to you, Kelly? Not really. Um, I've had somebody call on like 4th of July, which for us, mm. that's a major no-no. And if you do call on 4th of July, I hope to God you're calling before I start drinking. Um, because once I, once I start drinking, yeah, I'm not going out. Are you nuts? Um, <laughs> but again, I'm going to throw out a very high number because you should have told me that there was stuff going on, you know, way before 4th of July day. Yeah. I've had them call me like, let's say 4th of July was a Saturday. They'll call me on a Friday. My pool's green. I have a party. It's like, okay, I I can try, but it's going to cost you a lot. And I'm not going to guarantee it's going to be ready for you. Like you should yeah. call two, three weeks ago. Yeah, but that would again be well into your summer season, your busy season. By the time that your 4th of July comes around or for us Christmas, we're just exhausted. Yeah. Uh, and you need that day off. You need a few days off. Um, so here, our season starts about like April, April, May. And our first major holiday is Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So we are working our asses off probably from the beginning of April until Memorial Day. And, you know, 60, 70 hour work weeks, um, you know, repairs after repairs after repairs. When I did do cleaning services, it was, you know, cleanup after cleanup. And so if you're calling me, because Memorial Day is always a Monday, if you call me on Saturday saying that you're you're having a party, I I can't guarantee anything. And yes, I'm going to charge you more because you're so last minute. You should have thought about this two, three weeks ago, or at least a week ago, the very minimum. So and then And then we have a little breather for about two, three weeks. Fourth of July isn't really the worst for us. It's Memorial Day. Memorial Day, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we don't have any real public holidays for a fair while leading up to Christmas. So that's when everything needs to be done. Uh, And what we often do is we'll bring any regular bookings that are set for between Christmas and New Year, we bring them forward, bearing in mind most of our services are monthly, not weekly. So we bring them forward, get it done before Christmas. So that's a hell of a week. And customers are always happy if we can get there a bit early and have it ready for the Christmas break. And that Christmas to New Year period, all I do is emergency work. Uh, I can't get, well, I can't get uh, parts from suppliers. So yeah. somebody's pump's not working. Yeah, I'll come and sell you a new pump. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, a chlorinator, salt water system. It, it takes 20 minutes to change out a, a chlorinator unless it's very awkward pipe work. You're uh, not out there, you know, redoing a whole equipment set for somebody during that time. No, no. that's something. It's very rare for the whole lot to, to fail. A pump, a chlorinator, there's reasonable money in it. It's actually very yeah. good money in it. Uh, it's their quick jobs. Don't mind it at all. Um, but well, see, somebody... that's where I, so I only do repairs, and I prefer those pumps or chlorinators that, that have, have the good markup on it. Mm. You know, 
I mark it at my 30%. I know how much the pumps go around here. So I'm charging about that. I charge a little bit more because I include the little extras. So like if they need a new breaker, so it's going with NEC code, I upgrade the breaker to a GFI breaker. If let's say their conduit's too short when I put the new pump on, because the old pump was, you know, not as long, I'll upgrade that and it's not an extra charge. But like I said, I charge a little extra because uh, compared to other companies because I'll do those extras. Yeah, so we can't touch that because here you need to be a licensed electrician. Okay. So, I know some states here, it's limited. I live in California. We just have to have a contractor's license. No, we're not allowed to replace a cable on a pump. Okay. We're not allowed to technically, if you work in the government where they enforce it, you're technically not allowed to change a light globe or a fluorescent light tube. I mean, everyone does it. Oh, my it. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, up in the mines up north, they have electricians working there. All they do is change light globes. Wow. That'd be so boring. And they make something like 200 grand a year for it. So it's oh that lessens the blow of the boredom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just crazy. But that's why here, if we install a saltwater chlorinator and a pump, the saltwater chlorinator plugs into a wall socket. Okay. And the pump plugs into the bottom of the chlorinator so the ti- the inbuilt timer can control it. Oh, wow. So it's very rare for us to see any equipment that's hardwired in except some of the heat pumps because they've got a much bigger draw. Yeah. That's interesting because everything here is hardwired. We have a few things that you plug in. Usually your knockoff cheap stuff, above ground pools. Um, anything on the main pad that would be plugged in is like uh, like an acid pump or a chlorine pump. Yep. Um, your automation controls, like your Cat 5500s and your Rolachems and yep. stuff like that. But otherwise, yeah, everything's hardwired. What about your lights? Because here what lights. happens, they're all 12 volt by law, by, by uh, regulation. Okay. I've got the cable going underground, of course. Very few builders put that 12 volt cable in conduit. And that drives me up the wall because if you have to replace that cable, you're going to be lifting pavers up or cutting through concrete. And it's so a massive job. Our, ours are hardwired. So you have the light, if it's low voltage, so I only do low voltage. Now I've done it for a couple of years. So you have the light come to a J box or it goes straight to the transformer, mm-hmm. into the transformer. And then from the transformer back to the controller or breaker, it's um, the high voltage hardwired to it. Um, ours yep. is in conduit so that we can take it out. Does that mean it's easy to pull a light all the time? No. No, no. Uh, especially, especially when I'm like, okay, they're not following the 360 rule and that's why it's taking forever. Or let's say I can't get the, the cord out and I pull a, a, a pull rope or pull string with it. Yep. You can see where the braids are breaking because it just keeps rubbing on somewhere in that conduit. Sorry, uh, but yeah. 360 rule. I've never heard anything by that name before. So the, three, so the 360 rule is with conduit. Um you can't bend it more than 360 degrees. So you can't right. have more than four nineties. Yep. Sometimes people don't follow that underground. And mm. so that's where you start having trouble pulling the light out. Yep. No, I, I do know about that. I've just never heard it turned that, uh, turned that now, way. Now I just learned, I know Hayward's coming out with a light that you can remove the light from the cord and then just replace the light. But PAL lights already have that where obviously the first time you use it, you got to pull the light. 
um, cord, but after that, you can just replace the, the fixture and plug it back in, which I think that's kind of nice, especially because I hate pulling lights. I love lights because I make a lot of money on them. Yeah. But, but a lot of people are like, I hate them. Me, it's like, hey, if I can make my job easier the next job, I'll also do it. Yeah, I've done, uh, what, five, six lights this week. And with these, uh, there's enough cable wound up at the base, of uh, the back of the unit to mm-hmm. go up to the surface. We just cut it, uh, assuming there's enough cable length. We just cut it, use a retrofit light, so you just you keep the cable and just change the light oh, wow. on the end of it. Yeah, uh, we you don't also, do that. <laughs> oh, all the time. And they're designed, uh, Spar Electrics do some, their GK series there. They're a really good LED light, uh, white, blue, or multicolored. Uh, but I, I only do multicolored normally. It's very rare to do something that's uh, just white or blue. Um, the other end just goes into a transformer, which just plugs into a socket. Uh, wow. or, yeah, very simple. Um, the, One time I did have a light that I, that was on a pool that I was servicing. And it was a really old pool. So here, the older pools, they had the J, the J box in the deck right underneath the diving board. Yep. And it was this little round um, brass disc that covered it. Well, it's no longer up to code. So the homeowner prior to the one I was working for, <laughs> to make it GFI protected, he cut part of the cord and attached a GFI protection plug from like an extension cord. Oh, that's And I'm different. like, I'm like, that's not, that's not, I'm like, don't ever use your light like that. Is not up to code. You could die. <laughs> like, don't, don't. Because what if it gets wet? Like, mm-hmm. it was so. It was hilarious. I'll have to find the picture and show you guys what it looked like. I always like the ones where they do a, a shoddy job of trying to repair a light, mm-hmm. and they just follow the more is better rule when it comes to silicon or, or elastic sealant. And some of these lights you see, you can tell they've done it themselves. It's oh no, that's how it came when the pool was installed. It's like, <laughs> come on, I know the guys at that factory just. No, uh, but we also get uh, uh, newer pools, mostly niche lights. So you've got the case for the light behind the pool or set into the concrete wall. And then the internal, often there's a screw or two holding it in place. Yep, that's how Undo it is here. Yep, pull it out and just unplug the back of the light, plug the new one on, stick it back in. That sounds a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Um, I might do one or two cable replacements a year. Now, do your lights have to be GFI protected? It's a ground fault interrupter, circuit interrupter. So if the light was to get water in it or there was some, um, the current just wasn't going the direction it should, as I call traffic, it will trip so that no one can get hurt. Yeah. Well, being 12 volt, very low ampage, um, I don't know what the standard on that is actually here. Because, um, yeah, here it doesn't matter if it's 12 volt, 120 volt, it all has to be um, GFCI protected. Okay. I do know there are fuses in most of the transformers. Okay. And then uh, every circuit in the house has its own uh, trip switch, <laughs> like a fuse. Uh, but then we've also got the um, uh, RCD, residual current device. Uh, which is uh, basically you have at least two of those on a house, I believe it is. I'll have to speak with an electrician. Uh, one for the lighting circuit, one for power circuit uh, as a minimum. Okay. And um, 
I've only ever once heard of somebody getting a zap from a pool light. That was one where they had tried to doctor it themselves. Uh, it was actually a friend of mine who's a technician locally. Uh, he said, hey, do you want to go and sort this out? They're getting zapped by the pool light. And I said, no, nope, I want a licensed electrician to go out. They've got the insurance for that. So um, insurance is here, everything. There, there have been quite a few news stories where people drown because of their light. There was one in particular where okay. the parents saw the child floating on the top of the water. So obviously they're just automatically thinking she drowned just from oh, no. the water. One of them jumps in, gets zapped, floating on top of the water. The other parent comes. Same thing happened. All three of them died. It was because oh, of their light. Oh no, that's and that's one. Re that's one of many stories that had happened where I only do the low voltage lighting now. I will not do one twenty period because there's left like there's always something that could happen, but at least they won't die over it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Going back as far as I've been in the industry, which is the early 90s, then you still had some 32-volt lights here. Mm -hmm. Then they reduced the legislation, went down to 24, then 22-volt, now it's 12-volt. So okay. um, we can't actually hook up a, a pull light with anything bigger than a 12-volt transformer. New LEDs can handle, typically handle 12, 24, or 32. Okay. But um, no, all 12-volt now. Same for Shane, these. is it the same... Is it the same for you as it is for him? Uh, in regards to those standards, yes. Yeah. Okay. New Zealand and Australia are very similar when it comes to a lot of standards. Um, that's okay. One of them. We actually have the, the standards Australia, and you'll see the standard AS slash NZS, so Australian standard slash New Zealand standard, okay. and they piggyback off each other. A uh, couple of exceptions to that. Uh, I'd need to have a look at what that is. But um, I don't follow all this. Okay, I follow the Australian standards. I don't follow all the naming and all that stuff behind them. Well, especially when you have to hire someone else, like an electrician, to come do a lot of this work. You yeah. have an idea of how it should be. You just don't know necessarily the technical aspect oh. of their job. I'm not fluent with the electrical code, for example. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's easier to, to handball off to them. Anyway, we want to pick your brain. Oh, sorry, Shane. Oh, I was just, just curious. Is that something that you see a lot of over there? What, the, no, that's knowing the electrical code? No, no, no. Sorry, but like um, homeowners home just trying to fix things themselves. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. It's a complete shit show when they do. Uh, <laughs> I had one, it was a maze of pipes, blue glue. And I'm like, where's this pipe going? And it, and it's like, it literally was a maze. Like you had to go through probably a total of 10 feet of pipe before the pump went connected to the filter. Um, you have people who I just talked with Dan about this, where the filter is, is compromised the lid where you have a pinhole, you know, mm -hmm of water coming out and they'll go and they'll put some AB putty or something on top of it or an epoxy and be like, Oh, it's safe now. And I was like, uh, no. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We, we definitely have problems with homeowners thinking that they're the most handiest person in the world. So it's yep. not just one then. No, it's no. everywhere. <laughs> it's it is everywhere. Horrible. Yeah. Now there are also some pool professionals who shouldn't be pool professionals that I'm like, are you serious right now? Like this is the basics and you're doing this like, 
And then I try to like educate them because that's just how I am. And then they'll be like, I've been doing this for 15 years. And I'm just like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> and how many Good. people? <laughs> You've been doing shit for 15 years. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, I have a picture and I know where it is. And it was a pool professional. I will send it to you guys. It is a bad. It is beyond bad. I went for a warranty. This guy put the pump up like on top of a cinder block so that he can have straight pipe going into the filter. But then it had this maze of God knows what. Too many valves. There was didn't need to be as many valves. He should have put the heater on the other side of the pad where the gas line was so he didn't have to have this like five foot gas line. I'm like, Jesus, that is the most expensive thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I had uh, our, our biggest competition here is online sales of pool equipment. Okay. Uh, cheap stuff, often not compatible. So I've had people, you know, they've, they've bought their three horsepower pump to go with a 150 square foot cartridge filter and boom, the thing just tighten up the gauge and the pressure gauge in the top so it cracks the lid. And of course, under that pressure, it's got no hope. I've seen that about three or four times. Um, the other thing is I had one customer, he said, oh, I just can't get it working. I've installed all the equipment. I think the guy must have been standing, first thing I noticed, he must have been standing about three feet away when he was trying to glue it because there was blue glue everywhere. It was all over all the pipes. What he'd actually done was uh, cemented the pipes and then just to make sure he uh, smeared some blue glue around the joints. I said, that's that not how it works. I'll do that to clean up the glue, not to seal it. Like, oh, I have a little bit too much. Let's just clean that up a bit because we we have to paint our pipes where I live. Oh, so okay. Yep. They they not all of the U.S. does that. Believe me, I get a lot of slack from people on Facebook. Oh, you paint your pipes? Well, I got I have to by code, buddy. Um, for mm. some reason, they think it's extra protection from the sun. Okay, so you paint the black. You paint paint all the pipes. You do, you can paint them whatever color. You can do pink if you want to. I like black. I think it looks cleaner. But mm. there are people who use almond when they're doing pentair equipment. Yep. But yeah, we have to paint the pipes. So me cleaning up my glue and being messy, as long as it's not on the concrete pad, is no big deal because you know we're painting it. But I would rather clean it up a little than have it drip because I put too much on. Yeah. I'm like a perfectionist when it comes to the concrete. Like I take the cardboard from the box and I'm, I have it all on the ground. I'll take the bags from the unions, put it around the pipes that are straight up or on the pump. Yeah. It needs to be nice and neat and clean. See, I just use clear glue. Above ground, so I use residential, clear glue. residential, we can use clear glue. Commercial though, you have to, you can't. Uh, because you don't always paint the pipes on commercial, especially indoors. And some inspectors, if they come and look at it, they'll ask, "Is has this been primed? And so you have to show the glue and the primer. Fair enough. Yep. Just like I would love to use clear primer. I hate purple because it gets, it gets messy. Mm -hmm. But I have to do that because if you have an inspector come for a commercial, sometimes they will look at that because that is a code. Yeah. Will it get caught all the time? No, but it depends on the inspector. Yeah. I uh, These days I stick exclusively to residential. I'm, I'm okay. sick of commercial, to be honest. Um, <laughs> what, what the real turning point for that was, was a Strata company. Uh, yeah. Is Strata a word over in the US? No. Okay. Strata company is the management company for 
a strata complex, so a, a block, an apartment building, or I think you call them con condominiums over there. So we um, have property management we deal with. Ah, okay. Sounds like it's the same. Sounds as similar, what you're yeah. About. Yeah. And they called me out because their pump was doing strange things and not reliable. I went out, had a look at it. I said, "Look, the best thing you can do is replace this pump." Uh, repairing it's going to be too expensive. The temperature it's running at, you've probably caused a lot of damage inside. Just replace it. And that's got to be done quickly. Otherwise, the pool will go green. When the pool goes green, the health department must be notified. You do not want them involved. You don't want right. them coming out here. They said, okay, well, we'll take it to the meeting. Next day, I rang them. I said, has a decision been made on that pump? Oh, no, we're taking it to a meeting. Second day again. Then after three days, they said, oh, no, it's going to the meeting. I said, well, when is this meeting? They said, oh, in about three weeks. So I sent them an email. I said, I withdraw my quote. I'm not having anything to do with it. Uh, you're on your own with this. About three weeks later, I got an email from them saying, please proceed with your uh, new pump as quoted. Because you've taken so long to do this, we expect you to cover the cost of the Greenpool recovery. So they tried to put the whole thing back on me, and that was the day I thought. It's their fault. Yeah, yeah, but they were trying it's, it on. Oh hell no! Like, forget you. I'm not cleaning up that commercial pool. No, mm. not for free. Hello mates, Peter and Shane will return next week with Monday's Down Under and their special guest, Kelly Clancy of the Talking Pools podcast show, Tuesdays with Kelly and Dan. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 